Welcome to the Sober Manifesto. My name's Sandra, and I know something you don't know. You cannot manifest the life of your dreams with a hangover or with a foggy mind. Four years ago, I quit drinking for good, and I have completely changed my life. I'm going to talk you through how I did it, the good and the bad. I'm also going to interview people that are going through the same thing. So if you're questioning your relationship with alcohol, you've absolutely come to the right place. Sit back, tune in, and listen to The Sober Manifesto. Hello, lovers. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast Sober Manifesto. Please follow me on Instagram, Sober Manifesto, and touch base if you can. Welcome to episode three of The Sober Manifesto. Now, this episode, I thought what I would do is talk to you about how it felt to be sober and I went cold turkey. I'm talking have not had a drop of alcohol for four years now, did not fall off the wagon and was tempted, had some really shitty days where, where I all I felt like doing was having a drink. I had to put one of my horses down. That was a challenge for me because I... I don't know it just seems to be your go-to doesn't it when things go badly you it's your crutch it's your best friend it's the way to get rid of the demons and you know and when you're feeling really shit the first thing you want to do is have a drink so I was going to talk about how I managed and maybe the first the probably the first 90 days is the toughest so if you get past 90 days you're on the home stretch really because you're actually after that three month period you're no longer mentally addicted after seven days you're no longer physically addicted to alcohol so that's quite interesting if you can just get your head around let's get through the first seven days then the alcohol should be well and truly out of your system and everything else is just a mind fuck like it's the next two months where you sorry well it's the next two and two months and three weeks where you're really battling your demons because it has been your go-to. So what did I do? Okay, so it was a bit like this. I kind of started to sober up my house so I could live in it and you, you feel like hibernating and you feel like hiding from the world because there's so many triggers when you go out of the house and there's so many things that you normally do that you do with a glass of wine in your hand. And, and that was pretty much everything for me. So, you know, I used to... Uh, arrange my weekends around drinking so I'd make sure that if we were going out anywhere it would be somewhere where they were going to serve alcohol so we'd be going down the beach I'd make sure we were going to a restaurant for lunch where I could have a glass of wine and that would be my start of my drinking for the day so you just need to not do things that enable that pattern of where you know it's the go-to so I pretty much went into hibernation for it was probably the first month I just didn't want to socialize and that's okay. And we were barreling up because I stopped drinking on the 14th of October. So we were barreling up. I'd had to go through my birthday. I had to go through Christmas and I had to go through New Year's Eve when I was in that 90 day period. And that was brutal. And my husband, he couldn't get his head around why I didn't want to go next door to the party where they were all shit-faced and celebrating the new year. It's like, no, I just didn't want to be there. We actually had a big fight because he was a little bit 
insensitive to the fact that it was such a trigger for me. And also watching the people drinking, it was not, it's not like I felt like I missed out. It was just that they looked so ridiculous to me and I just didn't want to be around them. I just, you know, I was at the point in my New Year's Eve, I was at the point where I was like, yeah, you know, I don't want to be doing this. But again, it's still a trigger, right? So because like most of my New Year's Eve parties or events, we went. I went into the New Year's sideways. So this was a whole new thing. And New Year's Eve, the night was horrible because I had the fight. But I tell you what, there is nothing better than starting a new year, New Year's Day, crystal clear. I wrote down all of my goals for the year. I really did a big spring clean on my on my diary and my ambition and my goals and what I wanted to manifest for that year. And I knew I was going to be able to achieve it because I had the clarity to do that. And I did. I ended up doing things that there was no way I could have done if I was drinking, including buying our dream property. And I did that pretty much single-handedly because I had to. That was the position we were in. But anyway, so how did I manage the first, say, six months? It was a matter of finding something else to do with my time. And you will find you get so much time that you allocated to drinking and you gave it away to drinking and it was a total waste of your time, really. So again, the first thing I did was a bit of nesting. I made sure that my house was clean and it was a nice environment to hibernate in. And I went out and I bought lots of candles and incense and I put flowers out and I just made sure that the house felt really beautiful. And we weren't even buying, we hadn't even bought our dream house. I'm talking, we were still renting. I was still, um, had my game on to try and buy our dream house. So I really, it was weird because I had this feeling like I could really feel the carpet under my feet now that I was sober and I was kind of at grassroots level I was at the bottom and I just needed to be able to uh, feel safe and at home and comf- so comfortable at home that it didn't matter I was that I wasn't drinking so I really fluffed all the pillows up bought new pillows uh, just made it nice to be at home and not out drinking and Obviously, I had to get rid of all the alcohol out of my house. I knew I wasn't going to drink though. And now I serve alcohol at home. I've got alcohol full, fridge full of wine out the back because I have people over. Happy to serve it. Husband's got beer in the fridge always. Loads of parties here in my place. Don't stop people drinking. Happy to, like, that's what they want. But at the time, you know, having, it was just a major trigger to have a bottle of wine anywhere in my house. I just couldn't do it. So that, that was all gone. Started buying books. Now, what this is kind of leading into what I put together is some things that I did that I think would be really helpful for you when you're, when you're stopping. And it's to buy yourself some books that are alcohol related that help you stop. So you want to be reading and fielding your mind. And when I was, I love reading. Like I just, now I devour so many self-help books. It's ridiculous, mainly for my business and for uh, entrepreneurship and uh, just self-improvement really. But when I was drinking, you know, I found out that, oh my God, I had all this time to read, particularly at night when I was going to bed. Because 
when you're shit-faced, you can't focus on words on a book. There's no way in hell you can read a book because, you know, you can't see it. Your eyes are all over the show. So when you're sober, it gives you that reading time at night to actually read a book. So and even during the day, if you've got idle hands and you're wondering what you're going to do, get a good book. Now, one of the best books I read while I was when I quit was This Naked Mind. And that's by a lady called Annie Grace. And that's a great book. It goes into the whole psychology of alcohol consumption and talks about, you know, why we do it and why we should not do it and how how to change your relationship with alcohol. It's an excellent book. I also love to binge on books like Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis from the Chili Peppers. I've read that book about nine times and he had a drug addiction like mixed it up with alcohol but it just goes to his rock bottom and it's quite fascinating about how he now he's totally clean he actually does these weird ozone infusions so I'm not sure how that works but another good one is dry dry one of my other favorite books he talks about alcohol addiction and how he got over and how he's clean now and he's an author and he keeps writing books and he had a terrible childhood and he that's the reason that was his catalyst for drinking But anyway, find yourself a good book. I might even put a list of my top favorite books, top 10, that I would recommend that you get into if you're just quitting, if you're quitting drinking. Anywho, so reading, perfect way to take your mind off the wine witch who's telling you, okay, you know, it's seven o'clock at night. It's time for a drink, people. Hello. Pay attention to me. You've had a good day. It's time to reward yourself. Or you've had a bad day. You deserve it. You've got to get rid of her. Get rid of that wine witch. And if you're reading about someone else or you're reading about why she's there, she's not going to be able to get in your ear so much. Now, a must-do thing while you are, when you quit drinking is get into exercise because if you wear yourself out, you're not going to feel like drinking later on in the afternoon. Also, it makes you start appreciating your body. And I got into 12 round, which is a boxing gym, and I was going hard. Like it was definitely um, a next level circuit training for me that the first time I did it, I actually had to go outside and feed the birds in the garden because it had taken me to my limit. But as I went along, I really saw the change in my physical health based on this exercise. So Get yourself into something that you're going to enjoy. Don't go and do, don't go walking around the block if you hate walking around the block. Find a class. Do Pilates. I do Pilates now. It's amazing. I love it, and it's so much work. It's almost like a twelve round class, but lying down on a mat. Who knew? Anyway, who is this girl? So you need to find something that you will enjoy: yoga, Pilates, boxing, uh, F forty five. I actually hurt myself in F forty five. So. Um, I'm not going to say yes or no, but it's up to you. You're probably a lot younger than me. Uh, And, you know, horse riding, anything that you just find enjoyable, go and do different things. Go and try things and get your body moving and get the sweat out. And particularly in the first 90 days, the more you sweat, the quicker you're going to detox. So, oh, another great thing, infrared saunas. I actually bought one because the detoxing was full on. Like it's, you can smell the stuff coming out of your pores. So if you're using that all the time, and now I use it for good rather than for evil, which is to get the alcohol out. I just use it to detox on a normal, on a normal day. 
I have normal days. How about you? Find a new hobby. Now, I hate the word hobby because it kind of sounds like you're building aeroplanes out of balsa wood or something like that, which would be so boring and make your eyes glaze over. Unless, apologies to any aeroplane builders out there. But, you know, hobbies could be anything from uh, photography to going into taking an art class to taking a Zumba lesson. I don't know. There's so many th- different things you can do. Go and learn how to do salsa dancing. Go and learn something that's you've always had in the back of your mind. Rock climbing, that would be cool. Or maybe you just have some skills that you really want to sharpen up, like maybe podcasting. Maybe you want to start your own podcast and you want to learn how to do it. Pretty much anything online, you can learn how to do it. Or you might even want to get better at doing your social media for your business. You might want to start a business. That'll keep you busy. When you've got your own business, <laughs> I've got three that I'm involved in at the moment. You don't have time to drink. No way, Jose. Another really good thing that'll take up your your time and make you appreciate what you've got as a sober person and as a person that, you know, took advantage of the fact that they were well is go and volunteer for groups that deal with disadvantaged people because they would love to be in your position where they're so well they have a choice to not drink alcohol they just don't have some people just don't have that luxury but when you volunteer and you see how the other half live there's a charity that I've been doing a little bit of work with I found them a warehouse this year and they provide Christmas presents for children who are wards of the state effectively so they call these kids resi kids these kids aren't in foster care they're before foster care so they're put into these residential accommodation houses and some of them are newborn babies and some of them never get out of resi care they're in for the whole life and when they're 18 they get tipped out on the street now if you're a residential kid and you've been one in your lifetime my heart goes out to you And I do not blame you for drinking alcohol because these poor kids are kind of forgotten. But I'm not saying I want you to keep doing it. I'm saying we recognize and we hear you. It's just not, it's not something that people are aware about. Anyway, this charity, these poor kids, like apparently there's 600 kids in Queensland, Australia in ResiCare at the moment. And a bunch of them are newborn babies that were taken off their mothers. One mother had seven kids and all of them were taken off her and ended up in ResiCare. So when you're going and helping people, they need people to wrap Christmas presents. So when you're helping guys like that and you hear about these stories, you know, wow, we, how lucky were we that we, didn't, we weren't one of those kids? So you've got to just be so thankful for the position you're in and really take advantage of the fact that you have an opportunity to be well and get on with life. And you haven't had such a shit beginning because it's a pretty shit beginning, isn't it? Now, the other thing I did, and this is probably not good advice, but I started to have cravings for sugar. And I'm talking like ice cream was my go-to, ice cream and Tim Tams. So I had a theory that it wasn't too bad to have those things in, in place of alcohol. So after dinner, rather than having my second bottle of wine, which I hadn't even started my first bottle of wine, I'd have ice cream instead. And then it got to the point where you do start to put on weight when you go to sugar as a substitute for drinking because you're craving something. There's that craving of something that's going to take the edge off and give you that rush. So what I started to do, just so I had something sweet and cold to eat after dinner, was I started making my own sugar-free varieties of ice cream. So I'd use things like 
berries and dates and monk sugar, which is no calories. And I'd make my own ice cream. I actually one day decided to let my bestie try my ice cream because they were all having normal ice cream. And she's like, oh, what's that? And she, when I let her taste it, she almost spat it out. The look on her face was priceless. But anyway, the trick is to get experimental and find something that uh, is, you, got, you can indulge in and it's not going to be too bad for your health. Well, that's what I did. Protein balls. I made protein balls. Now I still make them. My kids eat them. I put them in the fridge and they're gone the next day. So I just got really creative with things that I could pick at all day and not blow out to 150 kilos because that's not great either. That's not great for your health. So the trick is really just to find something else to do with your hands and your time so you don't sit there tearing your hair out, wanting a drink so badly and giving in to the wine witch. You just, you need to shake it off. And sometimes it's, you feel like you're out of your skin with it. You're out of your mind with it. And you just know the solution to feel better would be to have a drink. But you just have to play the tape through, my friend. Because when you take that first drink, you're never going to stop there. You're going to do exactly what you did before. You're going to end up three bottles deep, two bottles deep, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're going to have a bad night. You're going to have a fight with someone. You're going to be so unproductive. Whatever you want to achieve in your life is just not going to happen. You just keep stepping backwards. It's, it's definitely a step backwards every time you do that. It's a, a step backwards for your health, for your progress, and for your family. Everyone else suffers as well. Everyone suffers. So if you want to be your highest and best self, if you want to be the future self you dream of, Just keep thinking about that, hold on to that, work towards that and distract the shit out of yourself because I can tell you now it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Nowadays, I don't even consider drinking to be an option. It almost seems like a funny thing to do. Putting ethanol in your body, poisoning yourself so that you can get a bit of a buzz. It just seems ridiculous. And like the constant repetitive motion of having a glass in your hand and taking it to your mouth now if you were drinking water you wouldn't be doing that you wouldn't you're not thirsty you don't keep you don't get a bottle of water and stand around in a crowd and continuously drink it like it's it's totally a habit it's a habit that you need to break so i'm going to stop rambling now but what i'll do in the show notes i will put my top favorite i'll do 10 books that i recommend that you start to read some are really juicy some are really constructive in terms of they talk about why we drink alcohol and some of them are just a bloody good read and also i'll put a couple of my self-help books in there that i think will work for you guys too so that's it that's episode three of the sober manifesto can you please 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 leave me a review and a rating Um, It just helps the algorithm to bump me up in the mental health and uh, sobriety section of the podcast platform. So I'd be your best friend forever. Thank you. My name's Sandra. Stay sober. Keep going. I have faith in you. You can do this. Till next time. Bye.